0: What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Wrestling with Jonners. My name is Jonners, and this is episode 17. Going to be focusing on the NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool show from Saturday the 12th of January. And boy, what a show it was. So we're back. We all began two years ago at the Empress Ballroom in Blackpool, England, where tickets for this show sold out in just three minutes. I know, because I tried to get tickets, and uh, every... 20 seconds i was trying to refresh the page and tickets were going quickly every time i was selecting a ticket it was gone or every time i was selecting a seat it was disappearing faster than you can say blackpool england and uh, yeah within three minutes all the tickets had sold but uh, nevertheless uh, i watched it on the wwe network and it was one hell of a show an electric atmosphere from the empress ballroom and uh, I'd say it was even more of a raucous crowd than we had back at the uh, the uh, the tournament to crown the first WWE UK champion two years ago in 2017. Um, and uh, what a, what a card uh, this was! What a monumental uh, show! And uh, what a, an amazing opener! We saw Moustache Mountain, Tyler Bate and Trent Seven versus the uh, grizzled young veterans. And this is going to be for the brand new NXT Tag Team Championships. So to start the show, Johnny Saint and Ciscala are in the ring uh, with both teams and uh, Johnny Saint holding aloft the Tag Team Championship bounce like a proud father. Now, the last time we saw Tyler Bates here in Blackpool was two years ago when he won the inaugural WWE UK Championship Tournament, Uh, putting away Pete Dunne in the final. What an epic tournament, what an epic two-night show, two-night event, and what an epic final match between uh, Tyler Bates and Pete Dunne to crown the first ever UK champion. Uh, there are a loud chance to start this match of uh, shoes off if you hate gibson from uh, the absolutely incredibly enthusiastic fans in attendance here bayton 7 uh, wearing uh, new gear here for this match uh, black trunks and red tights very reminiscent of the british bulldog tag team so james drake has been billed as the wild card in this match with gibson uh, being the mouthpiece and the promo guy of the team And they're definitely the more celebrated worker of the two, um, having won the uh, UK uh, Championship Tournament um, at the Royal Albert Hall in June 2018. to go on and face Pete Dunne for the championship on night two of that uh, historic event at the Royal Albert Hall only last year. But I've seen James Drake wrestle on a number of times and he's exceptionally talented and underrated. And this could be his breakout performance. Bates is a ball of energy as he tangles with James Drake in the centre of the ring. Even Zach Gibson catches a hurricane runner uh, from Tyler Bates for his troubles. Trent Seven nails a wicked dive through the ropes, appearing to injure his left elbow on that move, uh, which he sells expertly throughout the rest of this match. Drake and Gibson start laying in the boots on Trent Seven, back inside the ring with quick tags between the two heels as they take turns in pummeling seven, cutting the ring in half expertly. On one of the exchanges, Seven appears to be bleeding heavily um, from the back of the head following a stiff forearm from James Drake. Trent battles heroically against Drake and Gibson and eventually gets the hot tag to his tag team partner, the former UK champion Tyler Bates, who is a ball of fury once again, backdropping Drake before hoisting both Drake and Gibson onto his shoulders for an incredible double aeroplane spin to the loud ovation from the fans. I don't think I've ever seen that move performed that way before. In another highlight of the match, Trent and Tyler pay homage to the British Bulldogs once again with a running power slam from Seven and a flying headbutt from Bates for a close near fall and that was fantastic and the fans really appreciated that. There were many other highlights to this match that led to many more close near falls including a helter skelter from Gibson followed by a 450 splash from Drake in an excellent double T move of their own onto Trent Seven. There was a double Shankly Gates on the babyface team in the centre of the ring, um, until Bates powered out of the move by throwing James Drake onto his tag team partner, Zach Gibson, to break his hold on Trent Seven. Everyone was on their feet as they chanted British Wrestling um, as this match reaches a fever pitch. The end of the match, at um, the, the end of this epic match, uh, comes after Gibson lifts bait onto his shoulders on the outside of the ring, only to be nailed with a diving clothesline through the ropes from James Drake, turning tighter bait inside out off of Zach Gibson's shoulders, taking bait out of the match as he crashes to the floor on the, on the outside. Uh, This then allowed Drake and Gibson to hit their Ticket to Mayhem double-team finisher on Trent Seven for the 1-2-3, bringing an end to this excellent match, with Drake and Gibson both having their hands raised from Johnny Saint as the winners and the first-ever NXT UK Tag Team Champions. That match went 24 minutes, uh, and and, and what a match it was. Uh, The match took its toll. On all four competitors with Seven's bloody head and battered body uh, and bait clothes, clothes lined off of Gibson's shoulders on the outside towards the end of the match there, Drake and Gibson walks away as deserving champions and sets up a, a bit of a chase for the babyface team of Bates and Seven in the coming weeks. Going to give this match a solid 4.25, four and a quarter stars out of five. We then get backstage footage of the bruiserweight Pete Dunn getting ready for his match tonight. Then we have the matchup between uh, Travis Banks and Jordan Devlin. So prior to this match, we saw some footage of Travis Banks arriving at the Empress Ballroom uh, before being attacked by Jordan Devlin, causing an injury to Travis's previously operated on left knee. Uh, As we get ready for this match, it's announced that Travis Banks has been cleared for this match and he looks ready for uh, for action, ready for Jordan Devlin as he comes down to the ring and waits for the Irish ace to appear. Travis Banks is definitely looking for redemption from that attack um, as he kind of enters first to this match. Banks waits for no man, however, as, as he meets Devlin on the rampway, looking for revenge for that earlier attack backstage. However, Devlin is no stranger to a good old fight and a good old brawl and soon attacks Travis's left knee. At one stage, Devlin throws Bank into the steel ring steps before placing Banks's uh, injured knee onto the ring steps before stomping on it with full force. Thinking his work for the day was over, Devlin takes to the mic in the ring, uh, stating, I told you, and I told the whole world, there's a reason you don't bet against the Irish ace. Just then, we have Sid Scala and Johnny Saint, mic in hand on the rampway, saying that they have a backup plan. The lights go out, and Finn Balor's music starts. The crowd erupts with an outstanding pop from uh, from the entrance of Finn Balor. Loud, two sweet chants um, in the entrance ballroom. Um, and uh, as the bell rings for the start of the match, with Bala and Devlin standing face to face, Devlin slaps Bala across the face uh, to get the match going. I'm sure that was uh, all the motivation that Finn Balor needed. Uh, this was a really fun back and forth match with Devlin getting his fair share of offence against the first WWE Universal Champion. In one spot, Balor goes to the top to deliver his finisher, but Devlin is quick to react with a drop kick, dropping Balor from the top turnbuckle to the floor on the outside. Devlin pulls out all of his moveset to put or to attempt to pull away Finn Balor anyway, um, with his uh, urinagi and standing moonsault, which only got him a two count. Uh, Devlin hits a, a knee to the head of Balor, an abdominal stretch, a super kick to the head uh, and a headbutt to, uh, to Finn Balor. Uh, Devlin even pulled out his uh, now infamous ripcord backdrop driver, but only for a two count. Finn Balor turns up the aggression with stomps and a running knee on the ring apron. The end of the match comes with an implant DDT and a drop kick into the to- corner on Devlin from Balor before climbing to the top rope to hit his coup de grace for the three count and a pinfall victory for Finn Balor. That was another fun match with both men giving it their all and an amazing showing from Jordan Devlin uh, and it was great to see Finn Balor wrestle on this stage in front of a very appreciative crowd here in Blackpool. The match went uh, 12 minutes and in my opinion was a solid three and a quarter stars. Really good match there. We then see Joe Coffey warming up for his uh, uh, match backstage with his Gallus stablemates having his hands taped up ready for a fight, no doubt, later on in the evening. Uh, Luke Menzies is shown in the front row. Uh, so, Luke Menzies was a former rugby league player, I believe, over here in the UK. Um, he has wrestled once or twice on the uh, NXT US show uh, in the past, uh, but he will soon be part of the NXT UK roster. We look forward to seeing Luke Menzies fairly soon. Match number three gives us the bomber Dave Mastiff versus Eddie Dennis in a no DQ match. Both of these big men start the match, slugging it out in the centre of the ring, but it isn't long before the match goes to the outside, uh, with Mastiff sending Dennis hard into the ring steps. Mastiff then uh, breaks the ring steps in half, uh, sending the bottom half of the ring steps into the ring, uh, which will no doubt play a part in the match later on. Dennis finds a Singapore cane uh, from under the ring, amazingly, and wallops Mastiff across the back and the midsection. There's several more cane shots from mastiff this time to Dennis um, no doubt as a receipt from the earlier exchange. In one of the more impressive spots of the night, Eddie Dennis catches the bomber in midair and plants mastiff onto the steel ring steps inside the ring. you could visibly see Dennis's legs wobble on that move but he manages to pull it off. Uh, in another impressive show of strength from Dennis, he manages to execute a massive seven bridge bomb on the bomb uh, on the bomber <laughs> in the ring for a two count massive hits a Finley roll and a running sent on on Dennis uh, on the cold hard floor um, Earlier on in the match Eddie Dennis pulled up the ring mats from the uh, from the outside but uh, suffered at the hands of mastiff on that exchange on the on the cold hard floor Dennis manages to avoid a Vader bomb in the corner before hitting his next stop driver slam for a close near fall of his own on Dave mastiff the end of the match comes after mastiff hits his running cannibal through a Table, which was set up in the corner of the ring earlier on in the match, and covers Eddie Dennis for the one, two, three after 10 minutes. Uh, Going to give this match a solid two and a half stars. That was another fun match. It wasn't pretty, but it did have plenty of impressive spots, especially with the wiry strength of the Pride of Wales' Eddie Dennis, the seven bridge bomb from Dennis on Mastiff, the Finley roll and the senton on the outside, and of course the running cannonball through the table to end the match. We then see Kaylee Ray and Jazzy Gabbert at the front row. They are the new signees to the women's division uh, for NXT UK. Now, with Kaylee Ray, um, I'm sure it was only a few months ago we saw her wrestling on TV under the World of Sport banner. She is the current ICW uh, Women's Champion, um, but uh, obviously she uh, is no longer has any ties with the world of sport. And uh, she has signed a contract to NXT UK. We saw her wrestle quite a few times um, under the NXT banner. And she actually appeared in the 2017 Mayan Classic. You may remember speaking of the Mae Classic from 2017. That's also where we got introduced to Jazzy Gabbard, uh, formerly um, the alpha female in uh, promotions such as TNA. She's a regular in Japan and has also wrestled for many years for WXW in Germany. Gabbard was offered a WWE contract. However, it had to be rescinded when it was discovered that she had a, a kind of a long term neck injury. Uh, Gabbard had an operation to um, to to recover from this injury and to repair whatever damage was done from her many years on the wrestling circuit. And uh, she's obviously recovered and uh, been in touch with WWE. They, they've re-signed her and I can't wait to see her be part of the women's division on NXT UK. She's going to be a great addition along with Kaylee Ray. Finishing Move Limited, specialising in simple, stylish and versatile items to elevate your every day. Check out their Instagram at Finishing Move Limited and find their elevated essentials range at finishingmovelimited.com. Match number four, Rhea Ripley versus Tony Storm for the NXT UK Women's Championship. So, Rhea Ripley uh, looks determined as she enters the ring and raises her belt to the camera, with Tony Storm looking for revenge on her loss to Rhea Ripley in the finals of the NXT UK Women's Championship tournament a couple of months ago and Storm waits for no one as she launches herself through the ropes onto Ripley on the outside. Uh, Ripley gets the upper hand by kicking Storm in the face and follows it up with a a kick sending Tony Storm into the barriers at ringside. The crowd appear to be 50-50 in their support for Rhea Ripley and Tony Storm uh, for this match, with Rhea Ripley gaining a strong fan base in a very short space of time. And this has happened because of of the work that she put in, the effort that she's put in um, to her character, to her moveset. Uh, she introduced this new hard edged character in the 2018 May Young Classic and has been a dominant champion in NXT UK since beating Tony Storm in the final of the tournament to crown the first ever champion a couple of months ago. This was another back and forth matchup with Ripley, the more methodical, punishing heel, and Tony Storm, the plucky babyface. Storm manages to connect with a picture perfect hip attack and a German suplex, but only for a two count. Rhea Ripley is able to hit her Riptide finisher, but Tony Storm manages to kick out on the two count. Storm nails her Storm Zero uh, finisher, but uh, once again, uh, Rhea Ripley is able to kick out on the two count. The end of the match comes when both competitors start to exchange punches, when Ripley attempts her Riptide slam for a second time, only for Tony Storm to float over, and with a handful of hair, she pulls Rhea Ripley into her Storm Zero finisher, and manages to, uh, to hit the move for a 1-2-3 and the pinfall victory to become the, the second and the brand new NXT Women's Champion. That match went 15 minutes. There's a loud you-deserve-it chance from the enthusiastic fans in Blackpool. Really good match. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, I think both uh, competitors gave it, uh, it their rule during that 15 minutes. I'm going to give it a solid three and a half stars. Excellent match. And a very deserving winner. Um, but I will just reiterate, I, I found that uh, Rhea Ripley was a very deserving champion um, and uh, a very credible champion with only, you know, a, a year, maybe two years wrestling experience behind her. Um, Full credits to both of those two competitors for putting on a hell of a match. Charlotte Flair was then shown at ringside. Uh, now, she's not uh, joining the NXT UK uh, brands. Um, unfortunately, she's going to be sticking with uh, SmackDown for the, for the time being anyway. But as you may have seen, Charlotte came over uh, with Triple H and many of the other WWE regulars to help uh, promote the opening of the UK Performance Centre. On to the main event, Pete Dunne versus Joe Coffey for the WWE UK Championship. And uh, I think I've seen pictures of the UK Championship belt and it has NXT on it. So uh, maybe it's uh, now called the NXT UK Championship. Nevertheless, Pete Dunne, the Bruiserweight, has been NXT UK Champion now for 603 days. Incredible, the longest reigning champion of the modern era. Joe Coffey points to the bruise weight from inside the ring as Dunn comes down to the ring to defend his championship. There's a loud reaction from the fans as Dunn raises his championship into the air and this match has a really big fight feel with, the, with electric energy in the Empress Ballroom. Coffey is a former two-time ICW champion, so he knows what it's uh, all about to uh, win uh, big-time matches. The start of the match uh, starts with Pete Dunn, Doing some joint manipulation on Coffee's hands and fingers. Uh, the match starts slowly, um, building a story within the ring with some good groundwork from both wrestlers, including a regal stretch from Dunn, which Coffee was able to uh, break out of by grabbing the bottom rope, only for Pete Dunn to unceremoniously. Kick Joe Coffey's hand off the bottom rope. coffee then slams Pete Dunn hard onto the rampway on the outside with a thud before laying on the onslaught onto Dunn's back uh, with stiff Irish whips into the corner and a backbreaker, uh, managing to get a two count. At the midway point of the match, Pete Dunn appears to be in immense pain, grabbing his lower back. Uh, Joe Coffey manages to hit a moonsault and a diving spear sending Dunne hard into the corner before Joe Coffey executes a brilliant powerbomb on the bruiserweight for another two counts. At one stage, Pete Dunn appears to be um, out of it, uh, completely out cold after a couple of stiff kicks to the head from Joe Coffey. Pete Dunn is able to recover um, enabling him to hit a bitter end to the uh, stunned response from all of the fans in attendance. The final 10-15 minutes of this match is simply stunning as Joe Coffey executes a wild spear sending Pete Dunn spine first into the ring post on the outside. Coffey then hits a powerbomb onto Dunn on the ring apron um, with all of the punishment being done to the champion's back. Uh, Pete Dunn's championship is looking in danger at this point. Coffey hits the Best for the Bells, almost taking the championship as everyone is on their feet for that amazing close near fall. Coffee launches Dunn uh, from the top rope with a huge slam to holy shit chants from the fans, and Pete Dunn um, has not looked as vulnerable as he does right at this moment before. Coffee gets another close near fall with a high German suplex. Impossibly the chant of the night, the fans of the Empress Ballroom chant Are you watching Vince McMahon? Even at this point, uh, with both men uh, close to exhaustion, Pete Dunn manages to nail a, a, a bitter end from out of nowhere. Uh, but Dunn can't capitalise as Coffey rolls out of arm's reach. Towards the end of the match, Pete Dunn and Joe Coffey are both on the top turnbuckle, setting up for a top rope manoeuvre, obviously. Uh, which went wrong as Joe Coffey falls from the top turnbuckle, and landed hard on the outside, with Pete Dunn falling into the ring on that exchange. There's another big lariat and a huge slam from Coffey for a two count. Uh, Coffee and Dunn both climb to the top rope again to attempt the same top rope move that led to Coffey fall into the outside um, a little earlier on. But this time both men lose their balance and fall hard to the outside. This is uh, crazy and everyone is worried uh, for both men. And I believe one man, possibly Joe Coffee, fell hard into the ring barrier. Uh, both men finally get back into the ring where Pete Dunn executes a bitter end for the third time. But Joe Coffey still kicks out. The end of the match comes when uh, Pete Dunn uh, just grabs Joe Coffey's fingers and snaps them hard for the uh, submission win. Joe Coffey taps out, can't take any more punishment, can't take any more joint manipulation. And at the end of the match, I was completely spent, especially the last 10 to 15 minutes, which gave us non-stop action with plenty of false finishes, plenty of hard-hitting spots and drama, the likes of which I have not seen in a long, long time. Uh, like many people watching at home, I, for one, was shouting at the TV um, from my living room, especially when the guys fell from the top turnbuckle to the outside. I'm 99% sure that neither of those two turnbuckle spots uh, were planned, and I can't remember feeling a genuine terror for the safety of the wrestlers during uh, a match. Uh, Since maybe the Mankind Undertaker Hell in a Cell match from 21 years ago, um, I was fully invested in this match and the action from word go. Um, I I may not have been uh, the biggest Joe Coffey fan going into this match, but I did actually wonder whether Joe Coffey was the right man to main event the show against Pete Dunne for the championship. But By the end of the match, boy was I a believer. I was proved 100% wrong uh, with coffee making a firm believer out of me. Both men wrestled to the point of exhaustion, and that could very well be the reason why both men couldn't execute whatever the planned move was on the top turnbuckle on those two exchanges. Huge credit to both men to get back into the ring and to end the match the way they did. Uh, what a match. Uh, God knows what my family must have thought with all of the shouting at the television. Uh, and uh, then the, the closing graphic was displayed at the bottom corner of the screen. And we all thought that that was the end of the show? Um, I would have been perfectly satisfied with that. But oh no. The music of the ring general, Walter, starts. And uh, to the eruption of the fans in Blackpool. Uh, with many of the fans being familiar with Walter's work on the Indies, uh, but now the ring general is in the WWE. Joe Coffey attempts to get back into the ring, only to be greeted with a big boot from Walter, sending Coffey back to the outside before Walter goes face-to-face with the bruiserweight holding the UK Championship between his teeth as the show finally goes off the air. So there you have it, the NXT um, UK, the WWE debut of the big man, Walter the ring general. I think he's still current OTT champion, still current progress champion in the UK Um, and what an addition he's going to be to the NXT UK roster. Um, I heard in an interview between him and Stone Cold Steve Austin that he was not keen on uh, signing with the WWE, certainly not keen on working um, in America. He was happy in Germany, he was happy working in Europe and uh, we knew uh, a month or so ago when uh, I, I mentioned here on a previous episode of Wrestling with Jonas that Walter had signed, um, I think uh, deep down we knew that Walter didn't want to work abroad and that he was happy working in Europe. And uh, that led me to believe at the time that he'd possibly join NXT UK and that uh, he may well be part of this show. And yes, he was. That looks like that could be our next big feud for the uh, NXT UK Championship, Pete Dunne and Walter going forward. Um, It could very well be a match at uh, NXT TakeOver New York um, two nights before WrestleMania this coming April. Um, It has been rumoured that uh, the UK Championship will be defended on that show and uh, what a bigger and better opponent than Walter to be standing across the ring from Pete Dunne in New York. WrestleMania weekend. Pete Dunne versus Joe Coffey's match. Absolutely amazing. With 35 minutes, I know that there's some uh, haters of this, of this match uh, online on the various groups. Absolutely fine. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion. My opinion was that it was outstanding. And I think with any long match like this one going 35 minutes, you've got to look at it like a, like a, a theatre production, like acts in a play or maybe acts in a movie where you've got three acts. Uh, you've got the, the first part which uh, is establishing um, establishing the match maybe a bit of a slower pace maybe lots of uh, ground holds maybe some submission moves and that's certainly what we saw here the middle part of the match the pace definitely started to pick up with some really big moves from both wrestlers and the final third you had all them, uh, them thrills and spills to the outside uh, the big moves, the big false finishes and then the end of the match so I thought it was perfectly worked uh, from beginning to end Some people uh, thought that the the falls to the outside from the top turnbuckle were botches. Yeah, they probably were botches. The guys were hot. They were sweaty. The ring ropes and the turnbuckles were probably uh, sweaty as well from a night's worth of actions and and matches. Um, Both guys were possibly absolutely exhausted at that point as well. So, it's, um, but what I found was it added to the drama and it added to the realism of the match. And like I said, much like uh, some of the action at the Hell in a Cell match from twenty-one years ago, Mankind versus Undertaker, some of their moves uh, weren't uh, thought out in advance. Some of their moves weren't meant to be part of the action um, like when Mankind got chokeslammed through the cage onto the canvas that wasn't really meant to happen um, so there, there was it was very reminiscent of the feelings that I felt when I saw that match where it felt real and uh, that's the emotion you want to get out of a match, whether it's planned or unplanned. You want that sense of realism. You want it to feel real. You want it to draw emotion out of you and the audience. And it definitely, definitely did that. Um, I thought the match was, was golden. Um, initially, I, I wanted to give it five stars. Uh, it's going to be 4.75, four and three quarter stars for this match. I thought it was outstanding and one of the best main events I've seen in a long, long time. It definitely delivered for me. And I know that it delivered for the fans in attendance. Overall, uh, I thought this was an excellent show, much like the the takeovers that we used to from uh, uh, NXT uh, America. um, NXT UK definitely delivered on their first big show, TakeOver Blackpool. An amazing opener between Moustache Mountain and Drake and Gibson. Um, I gave that one four and a half stars. So what a way to start the show. Um, Then we saw Finn Balor in a surprise taking the place of Travis Banks, who was injured earlier on in the night, um, to take on Jordan Devlin in a really fun match. Uh, Jordan Devlin really demonstrated what he's capable of. And the story of the match was uh, uh, Jordan Devlin was trained by Finn Balor, the Jedi Master and the Padawan, um, the the face versus the heel. Uh, But uh, yeah, Really good outing there from Finn Balor coming over to the UK uh, and uh, facing his former protege Jordan Devlin. A hard-hitting no-DQ match between the bomber Dave Mastiff and Eddie Dennis with Eddie Dennis uh, demonstrating some awesome strength with some of his moves on the bomber there and the bomber kind of flying around the ring like a cruiserweight and uh, putting Dennis through the table with his cannonball uh, plancher, cannonball sent on, sorry, to end the match. Tony Storm. Winning the NXT UK Women's Championship from Rhea Ripley and uh, an excellent match, full of emotion, um, some really good uh, really good drama there as well. Thoroughly enjoyed that match and a deserved winner in Tony Storm, but a really bright future ahead for Rhea Ripley, um, especially with her being such a dominant champion on the NXT UK brand. And I wouldn't be surprised to see a rematch between these two down the line. And then the main event. Um, I've just spoken about it for the last ten minutes. Pete Dunne versus Joe Coffey, putting in a shift in an epic match for the NXT UK Championship. Seeing Jazzy Gabbot and KB Ray uh, sitting ringside. We've already spoken about uh, Kadee Ray and Jazzy Gabbot, and uh, I think they're going to be really credible um, opponents for the likes of Tony Storm and uh, the rest of the women's division in NXT UK. And then Walter, the ring general, making his first appearance on WWE TV as part of the NXT UK roster and uh, will no doubt be the uh, the next um, opponent for the UK champion Pete Dunne and quite possibly the most uh, credible opponent for Pete Dunne's championship and uh, could likely take the championship off of Pete Dunne. My prediction is that Walter will be the next uh, NXT UK champion uh, and I would love to see them to get at it, um, take over New York, Wrestlemania weekend, that's my prediction. But uh, like I say, that's my prediction, that's my thoughts on this show, NXT TakeOver Blackpool from the 12th of January. What are your thoughts? Let us know. Uh, did you enjoy the main event as much as I did? Did you enjoy the show overall as much as I did? I will soon be reviewing the Nigel McGuinness documentary that aired after TakeOver Blackpool on the WWE Network. And my thoughts on that will be part of my next episode of Wrestling with Jonas later on this week. In the meantime, keep listening to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe and shout about Wrestling With Jonas to your friends and to your family if you enjoyed this podcast. If you have any questions or simply want to get in touch with me or the podcast, you can email the show at uh, wrestlingwithjohnners at gmail.com. You can get in touch via our Twitter page at withjohnners underscore pod. Or visit my YouTube page and see all of my wrestling videos there, all of my time in New Orleans from April, and all of the podcasts up there as well. Just simply go to YouTube and search Wrestling With Johnners. You can also follow us now on Instagram. Uh, just simply type in www.instagram.com forward slash Wrestling With jonas That's Instagram.com forward slash Wrestling With jonas So I'll be back very soon for another episode of Wrestling With Johnners, but in the meantime, please like, uh, share, uh, and subscribe. Tell your friends and family if you enjoyed what you heard today. So take care and speak to you all soon.